0: Every Stearns & Foster mattress is handcrafted with the finest materials for irresistible comfort every single night. Now save up to $800 on select adjustable mattress sets only at StearnsAndFoster.com. Lesser savings may apply. For the love of home,
2: everybody loves a lover. I am a lover, everybody loves me. Anyhow, that's Hey guys, and welcome to yet another blissful installment of your favorite podcast, In Bed with Nick and Megan, starring the immortal Nick Offerman, featuring me, his lowly wife. And today, guest starring the extra super duper special magnificent dare i say mr conan o'brien
3: <laughs> 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 hi guys Public how are domain.
4: you hello Good oh, coming. that's right
3: yeah we're going to get sued uh we didn't sing enough of it to have to pay for it um guys
2: <laughs> hey it's so
3: nice to spend this time with you oh, oh god it really all, is to be lying all
2: here with that you time we've ever spent
3: with you has been i know we've spent nice. i'm going to s- explain to the People listening, that we're friends in real life, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. we are good chums.
2: So what's the funnest thing you've done since being quarantined?
3: I'm going to say the most fun I've had is uh, I made it a mission to screen really funny movies for my children, who are teenagers now. They're 16 and 14, And I wanted them to know and experience the movies that I loved and that made my dad laugh when I was a kid. So I've been putting them through all of the Peter Sellers, uh, Clouseau movies. What a
4: blast. Great.
3: Yeah. And we watched the producers, the original producers, uh, with Zero Mostel. Zero, And they, of course, when watching the producers, saw Dick Shawn... And they were howling at Dick Sean, who's, of course, a genius funny in that movie. And then I said, oh, you think he's funny in this movie? Where do you see him in? It's a mad, 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 mad world. So I showed that to them last night and they were howling at that movie. And I kept saying, oh, see that guy? That's that's Phil Silvers. He was like the funniest guy ever. Oh, wait, there's Jonathan Winters. You have to understand he's the funniest guy ever. Oh, wait. There's and, and you know it just there's Buddy Hackett there's uh I mean everyone's in that movie so That's I would so say cool. yeah talk about you know a silver lining to what's happening now this business of saying yes there's a lot of a lot of anxiety out there and there's uh and 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 there's a lot of people a lot of us are worried about the economy and people we know who who work uh, in businesses that have been shut down so there's a lot. But whenever you can find a moment where you can say, "Okay, well, at the very least, I want my kids to think back on this and have some positive association, which Mm -hmm. is they laughed a lot uh, and their dad kept saying, wait till you see this next part. Uh Um, That sounds like a wonderful (laughs) film festival. Yeah, it really is.
2: Do you guys do, does Liza or do you do anything like, I don't have you pegged as the meditation type, but do you do that at all?
3: I'm going to say neither one of us does. I'm certain Liza doesn't do it. I've tried to meditate, and I know I could try a lot harder, but I can't do it. And I shouldn't say that. That sounds really negative, and I know a lot of people right now are saying, hey, man, you can't say can't. You can, man. <laughs> but I don't want Tommy Chong up in my business and i don't know why he suddenly suddenly part of this podcast.
2: podcast. Well, i know,
3: but clearly Nick did uh, oh, and yeah. said we need some Tommy Chong in here. Hey man. Uh, <laughs> but, but i have been unable to do it thus far in my life and
2: mm-hmm. there's always tomorrow. Oh, as they say. Wow.
3: That's a beautiful there's thing you just said. Always
2: tomorrow. Um
3: well, guess what? No, it's not happening. It's not happening tomorrow. (laughs) Do you guys meditate? Because I... I do. My my brain is a hoppy toad on a skillet, and I try really hard to bring it down, but I can't do it. And I've even gotten the apps. I think I've downloaded like four apps by this point that are supposed to make it really easy for me. But I don't even have the patience to download the app or once I download it, to play it. So I think I might be a lost cause. But you do it, Megan.
2: I do. I've done, an, I've meditated off and on over the years, but I'm I'm in an on period. And I was in that period before this whole virus commenced. So you're good at it. Well, I don't know if anybody's good at it, but I I like it.
3: See, isn't that interesting? I said you're good at it, right? Because I would immediately go to... I want to do this, but I want to be good at it. Which, of course, then Tommy Chong would say, hey, man, there's no good at it. There's just you're there, and then you're already there where you were when you started, man. (laughs) I don't know why you invited Tommy Chong. This is a a disaster.
2: It's the least... It really is. It's embarrassing. It's the least... um, I don't think you can be good at it. Uh, I I think it's a contradiction in terms. Is that the expression? I think, yeah.
3: But what about, uh, now, you say that you could do it, but then you've got old uh, steak and beans next to you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a man of the people. Uh, oh, tumbleweeds. Uh,
4: old tumbleweeds. Old oh, tumbleweeds. Old steak and beans offerman.
3: Yeah, old steak and beans offerman. You know, he didn't grow up meditating out there uh, in the in the steak and bean farm. You weren't doing that.
4: He- no, I, I think my life... Uh, I think I have sort of a meditative disposition. Um, He's
2: already enlightened. He just doesn't, he doesn't, he's so enlightened he doesn't even know he's enlightened. That's the problem.
4: I'm uh, I'm just always chewing my cud, placid as can be.
3: You know, I will say that when I just listen to Nick talk, it does put me into sort of a meditative calm because you do have that like, Oh, we'll be well in the Republic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will now go and make a canoe out of mahogany. Uh, I, I I intentionally chose a wood you'd never use. Nick, for you, that was a woodworking joke. You know, who would use mahogany?
2: He really does just sort of... He's got all the simple truths. They're just innate to him, more or less. Yeah. He might be, like, flailing on one or two, but for the most part, he's really got it together. And so... He doesn't need to do things like meditate.
3: That's good. Maybe we're not meant to. Maybe we're all supposed to be in that state already, but we're such a neurotic culture.
2: Well, wait a minute now. You know what you do, Conan, that's very meditative is you play music and you're quite a good musician.
3: Well, that's very kind of you to say. I. It's true. I will say the most meditative thing I do is mess around with a guitar because it turns off my brain in a way that's soothing and uh there's a lot of like muscle memory that takes over when you're doing scales or something on a guitar Mm -hmm. uh or trying to play a certain song and uh yeah there is no uh especially when no one's around there's there's no performance aspect to it so yeah i think that's a very calming thing i also love reading like I think the only way I can go to sleep at night is I need to be, I need to have a book. I don't just lie down and say, well, time to sleep. I love to read and readings the way that I'm letting someone else's brain take over my brain. Does that make sense?
4: Yeah.
2: Well, and you like to read, um, history, right? That's, yeah,
3: I, I read, uh, dense books. Um, (laughs) there's a great, there's a great picture. This is before I knew my wife, uh, years before uh, I was on vacation with a girlfriend and we were on a beach and she took a picture. You know, she was just taking pictures of our vacation. And then later on, the picture surfaced, you know, when we're just looking around at pictures and it just it made all my friends howl because it's me on some really nice beach in the Caribbean sitting in a chair underneath an umbrella and I'm reading William Shire's The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. And, I, and it's it's a massive book. It's like the size of a phone book. And if anyone's ever seen the cover of that book, it's black and it has a giant black swastika on it. And I'm, and I'm reading about the, I'm, and so I'm on this beautiful, like I can just hear someone's playing like the, the, (laughs) what are those that, that kettle drum, they're playing a kettle drum and there's the smell of rum in the background and crashing surf. And I'm reading about the, the tank battle of Kursk and, uh, how uh the the russians are just you know really kicking the crap out of the germans and getting really down into the weeds
2: uh you're a lot of fun
3: yes i'm a lot of fun
4: you said something telling when about when uh you're when you play music that um uh, it was kind of like a simpsons joke where you said no no i don't i don't like to meditate but when i play music uh my brain shuts off in a way that i find soothing which yes. I, I believe is exactly, correct me if I'm wrong, my lady, but isn't that what meditation is hoping to achieve?
2: Yes, and that's why I introduced the entire subject of him playing music as it being You meditative. just made a
4: fool out of me.
3: <laughs> you? What are you, Perry Mason now? I, well, thought, this was, <laughs> I thought we were all here, relaxed. Laying in bed, and then all of a sudden, you come at me uh, and expose my flaws as a human being, my misstatements.
2: You have no real flaws, Conan. Everybody knows that.
3: Oh, I'm a many. I could. I steal. I, uh, <laughs> I, I. I I go into stores and take things that and don't pay for them.
2: Wow! Like what?
3: Oh, it's one of my favorite things to do. I I like to take when I, I like to go to a bowling alley and borrow the shoes and then wear them out. And uh, <laughs> when you steal cold.
4: bowling shoes, do you do you also do you leave the shoes you wore in or do you carry them out as well? I don't want the bowling alley to
3: profit in any way. So I throw my shoes out. Ah.
2: Well, one time I think you told me you actually burned your own shoes in the men's room before you left.
3: Yes, I did tell you that. Because they that was could be-
2: retrieve them from the trash. I thought that was between us,
3: Megan. But I I'm guess, sorry. Uh,
4: <laughs> really uh, yeah.
3: sorry. That's the message I want to get out there. Uh oca- <laughs> occasionally, I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you, but you'll say something joking, clearly joking, and then a long time later, one of the kookier tabloids will have like a little blurb and it will say, <laughs> Conan O'Brien steals uh, you know, bowling shoes, you know, the cowardly late night quipster. And I'll I'll tell you an exact <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> An exact real example of this is Will Ferrell was on my show once a couple of years ago, and he did this great bit where he came out and he had a cockatoo on his shoulder. And the whole thing was he didn't want to talk about the cockatoo. So if I ever started to bring it up, he would say, we're not talking about the cockatoo. That's not, that's not open for discussion. And then he would go on and try and have a normal segment while the cockatoo. So that's just an obviously, if you watch that, it's obviously just a funny bit. It's Will Ferrell with a cockatoo on his shoulder. And he keeps getting really mad at me whenever I say, I got to mention, it's now nibbling at your ear like, Conan, we talked about this. And so flash forward about three years and there's a thing in the tabloids and it's about how Will Ferrell is, a, is secretly an insane person who um has gone nutty for birds and always has one on his shoulder and it's just Come a, on. it's the still from my show oh my clearly God. clearly the person writing it knew they just needed to fill a page so the article is so great because it's all up it's all about how he's gone mad. and. Uh, <laughs> uh,
4: I, I've, sometimes we've run into tabloid headlines where it seems like those quote unquote writers, those journalists uh, must have like three spinning game show wheels and they yes. throw a dart at mm. them and say, OK, Conan O'Brien dart uh, fills his lips dart yep. with Gatorade. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Go. But
3: well, that three. one
2: is true.
3: Yeah, and that in that case, Megan's right. They just happen to accidentally get it right. Which <laughs> every
2: is, once in a while, they get it right. Every once in
3: a while, a, a a room full of of typing monkeys will uh will write Othello. Uh, that,
2: that's such a gross profession. It's so gross. Like you know what they're doing right now is they're they're sending people out, which is illegal actually because we're under you know, California is under lockdown, but they're sending people out to fancy neighborhoods to try to find celebrities who are going out for walks.
3: But aren't they all you're allowed to go for a walk? Sure.
2: Yeah. But they're sending photographers out to oh, paparazzi I out to take pictures of yes. celebrities yes. who are just trying to get out of the house for a minute and go for a walk. I think that's pretty gross. Well, I, I will
3: tell you as a matter of fact, like I've gone out, uh, once, for, uh, once to walk my dog and, and once to, or twice to ride my bike. And both times uh, there were like guys in cars taking pictures of me. And I mention this only because I'm someone they never want a picture of. Like this is, I'm just telling you, this is a sign. You know, when there's no water up in the uh, hills, that's when the coyotes come out and, and they come down into the streets and start eating cats that is when uh, I-, I noticed like if they're taking pictures of me because I am yeah. the most boring, like Conan O'Brien on a bike. And <laughs> <I know. laughs> like, wow, what are you getting for that picture? You know what I mean? This, I'm not a naked Meghan Markle on a unicycle. This right. is uh, I don't even think they would get money for that photo.
2: Yeah, it's um, we're the same. Like they don't care about us because we're boring. But um, Th-
3: thankfully, it means we're mm-hmm. living right. Yeah, it's the the secret. I think to is uh, just live a life. I think I have the same life as someone who is doing moderately well in insurance. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I do my job and then I come home and I hang with my kids and then it's like, okay, this guy's no fun. To hell with him.
2: Oh, okay, so you've done your show for four thousand years?
3: Yes, is that we, accurate. We started the show. Uh, Shortly before movable type was invented.
2: Uh huh. Are there any people? Well, I already know the answer to this, sort of. But how how many people have been on your show from the beginning besides you and Andy? Richter? Oh
3: well, Andy Richter. Well, he took Andy Richter. Uh, he left the show for a while, for quite a while, and then came yeah. back. But I would say yes. There's a there's a core group of people that started with me in 1993 that are still that are still with me which is that's really mind-boggling amazing. so my producer Jeff Ross my head booker Paula Davis Gina Batista um my stage manager Steve
4: that's incredible
3: yeah uh, and there's a there's a bunch actually Frank Smiley uh who I'm sure has produced segments for both of you um and you know what's really sweet is we have a couple of interns who started like second year, who work their way up, and now uh, they're just stalwart, like Jason Chalemi, um, Sarah Fedorovich. I mean, people that really are the heart and soul of the show, who were interns in 95, 96, uh, around there. And this has been their whole professional life, which is really amazing. I mean, I'm very lucky that way.
4: That's so cool.
2: What's been the best part of doing that show?
3: I think, and I think you guys could relate to this, to have your profession be something that you would want to do anyway if you weren't getting paid Mm -hmm. is a magical thing that I never take for granted. And Mm -hmm. I think uh, left to my own devices, I would be trying to think of silly things and I'd be trying to make my friends laugh and I would gravitate towards other people who had a similar sense of humor and would be doing silly things and then would get back to work. So the idea that that is my work (laughs) is insanely magical and uh, something that is proof to me that, okay, maybe in a previous life I I did something heroic and so I'm being rewarded and the the reward in this life is you know that thing you love to do that you would do for free that's your job and mm. uh that's that's pretty sweet
2: it really is
3: yeah it's kind of as you know there are people in this business who are the complete opposite of who you think they are they might be really fun and funny on camera but when you're hanging out with them, they're maybe shy or neurotic or nervous. And I'm not saying anything negative about them. It's just that their they're performing self is like a different person. And I always, I, I think something that the three of us have in common uh, is uh, aside from our insatiable sexual appetites. Uh, mm. The thing that we have in common is You guys are who you appear to be. You're really witty and funny and fun to hang out with when there's nobody around. It's just us. And those are the people I sort of gravitate to in this business are people who, you know, And Martin Short obviously is like that. There's so many people like that who you go and meet with them. And yes, you can have a serious conversation, but they can also have you crying. They have you laughing so hard. Yeah. That's, I don't know, that's sort of neat when you're, I, I think we're very lucky to to get to live no, in
4: that, that world.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, and I think we've had a conversation akin to this at some point over the, you know, many dinners we've shared, but it is very, it's so lucky and, you know, you always hear about Holly Weird and, how everybody's crazy and so eccentric and weird. And it's just, I I think it's kind of, you know, like attracts like. So if you're not like that, then it's quite possible to gather around you a big uh, contingent of people who are really cool and normal and just, you know, smart and funny. And I think Nick and I feel lucky in that regard. And, you and, and Liza are really at the top of the list for us.
3: Well, I've been for many with. years. It's oh. over oh. with Liza. Okay, That's, great. Yeah. That well, ended, this, ended this morning.
2: Okay. Um, good night.
3: <laughs> the timing of this what was. What happened
2: this morning? You had
3: a good run. We were uh, very much in love and a committed couple until about four hours ago. Um, oh, man. So, yeah. Uh, we don't, I don't even really know what it, we argued. Uh, it was something involving the Netflix queue. And I just snapped and said, "Oh yeah," and said, "We're done." Um, That tears it. That tears it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, you know what? I keep thinking that so many things in life, or patterns in life, were revealed in high school. So I know that for me, high school was: you show up. I went to this big public high school. You show up, you don't know anybody, and then you know, for it takes a while but over time you start to find your group you know and then by the time i got to junior year i had like a pretty good little squad it wasn't huge but they were people that kind of had my sense of humor who liked the things that i liked and that's how i got through uh that's how i got through high school and i i think that keeps happening in life then i went to college and the same thing happened then i got into show business and the same thing happen. Like over time you find, it's like, it's what you said, like finds like, we just find our people that, uh, and, and occasionally I'll hear about some sort of insane gathering of, you know, celebrities. And I'll think, yeah, I would never belong at <laughs> that thing. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm glad I wasn't there. And not that it sounds bad. It just sounds like, oh no, I, i My little group wouldn't be at that thing, you know? So um, I'm talking about the
2: Oscars. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that kind of stuff is nerve-wracking. Too many glittering celebrities in one place is really um, something I try to avoid.
3: I don't know what to write. I don't know what you guys put down. When you're landing in a foreign country and they want you to fill out that piece of paper that has, you know, your the, your flight number and all that on it, but then it has a line for occupation. Right. What do you write?
2: Uh, that's a tricky one. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Because,
3: mm-hmm. you know, my dad can say physician and my mom could say lawyer uh, and my brothers could say lawyer. And I, I, for me, I always think this so many times, I'll start to write like talk show hosts and I'll think, I don't really think I am a talk show host. And then occasionally I've started to write entertainer.
2: You could say writer.
3: That's true. That's true. But I always feel like that might be somehow deceptive. Like, wait a minute, I've seen you, you know, somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yes, Mm -hmm. but it says here you're a writer. Come with us. I
2: mean, nobody's more recognizable than you, Conan. I mean, you're seven feet tall and you've got the hair. Eight feet feet tall.
3: Yeah, I am. Um,
2: the freckles, the hair.
3: Yeah, I've had it's people recognize me when I was behind, like, wearing a bicycle helmet in a car with tinted windows. And people have said, look, it's Conan in a tinted windowed car <laughs> with a bicycle helmet. I've got,
4: uh, I have two tips for, for this circumstance, but it requires uh, growing a beard. Okay, I could do
3: that. If I'm given the the ample time, I can grow a beard. If you have
4: a beard, then I write as occupation messiah. And the the thing is, they they might not fully believe it, but who's going to question it? No, they have no right to question you. Because what if they're wrong? Yeah,
2: I think they have
4: no right to question you.
2: That's a good
3: Uh, one.
4: That's a good one. (laughs) <laughs> and the other the other thing is uh, mm. the one time that I've had any trouble crossing uh, the uh, borders of a country was in uh, Lisbon. We were on a vacation, and oh, uh, we were we were shooting parks and recreation in London. so I had to uh, on some sort of production schedule, there was a bit of a spaz where I had to get to London quickly. And I had this unexpected I had to pass through customs in Lisbon. And the guy stopped me and was really giving me the, the a look over, and I was getting feeling pretty nervous because it usually doesn't happen to me. And he said he said in broken English, "I've seen you on Conan O'Brien." <laughs> oh my God, he, no! He knew me from like, yeah. is that yeah. true? From Conan O'Brien bits? Yeah, <laughs> that's funny.
2: That's funny. I'm gonna start writing sex worker.
4: That's good. Yeah.
2: Because then I feel like they'll be embarrassed to question me too much. Or you might be much. detained. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Somebody might need a little work. Yeah. Exa- <laughs> <laughs> uh
3: Prove it that you are the sex worker. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fix this.
3: That's. <laughs> 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 yeah. I, uh, I'm i going to start putting sex worker down just to see <laughs> what happens. And then I'll say how, because if they question me, I can say, what? You don't think a a 56-year-old man that looks like me can be a sex worker? (laughs) Why, that's offensive. And I'll call my barrister, which I've never said before in my life. (laughs) I've never called my barrister. (laughs) I don't know. I find that to be like when someone, the times that I've written down entertainer on a form, I've thought, well, wait a minute. It comes and goes. Like <laughs> I'm not. If you, it's such an. It's such sounds like such a phony thing to say. I'm an entertainer. <laughs> I can entertain. I mean, like a plumber knows how to fix the pipes, but an entertainer is occasionally entertaining. In my opinion.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh. Well, we you might not have to worry about that one for a little while. So we have a lot of we have time to think about
3: it. Oh, that's a bummer. I oh, because we can't fly around the world.
2: I wanted to stop the laughter.
4: <laughs> now, uh, some years ago, I wrote a book called Gumption, mm. and it profiled 21 Americans, men and women, that I find inspiring and heroic, uh, sort of across history, starting with George You should have Washington.
2: asked Conan to be one of the people.
4: Uh, well, honey starting with George oh, Washington. I didn't read it. So was he in it? With Conan O'Brien, <laughs> was the final
3: chapter?
2: Oh, well then maybe I should read that cuz I love Conan. Yeah,
3: that was uh that was uh an incredibly uh I mean I almost didn't know how to respond because um it was really lovely that you you're a very good writer and you it, it had these great arguments for why these different people in history had gumption and then you included me and I was uh just blown away by that and and also like a little embarrassed like I couldn't be in the same book as George Washington uh George Washington Carver yes but not George <laughs> but not George Washington so I was the, I, I
4: my my yeah. intuition was proven sound because you we we had a wonderful funny and, and enlightening uh interview and conversation for for my chapter And, but, but the thing is, and the reason I loved having you as the final chapter in the book is I asked you just, uh, and and this is, you know, um, when things were much more rosy in this country, but I said, you know, how do you feel about where we're going? You know, we're, we're both uh, getting into a generation that might be considered, you know, the beginnings of uh, curmudgeonly and, and the type that would shake our fist and say, these damn kids these days Right, And you answered with a, a wonderful sense of wisdom where you said, you know, if you just take a step back from history and look behind us, anybody who says everything's going to shit right now, well, if you look back, it's always been shit, and it's been even shittier the farther you go back. And I found that really inspiring. And so- to- I know you wouldn't think that would be inspiring, but- uh I do. Well, I wanted to ask you. So, so then with that, yeah. fr- from that point of view, w- given, you know, the sort of mess that the world is in right now, please uh, cheer us up in a similar way. Well,
3: I don't know if this is going to cheer people up, but uh, I'm reading. Um, there's this series of uh, books right now about Thomas Cromwell. That's really famous uh, series of books. and. Um, I uh
2: I've heard those are great.
3: Oh yeah, and the first one is Wolf Hall and and um
2: We were gonna the, listen to those on Audible while we yeah, do the puzzles.
3: They're really good. Uh the worst one is Wolf Hart, and I'd rattle off the, the author's name, but I'm you know I'm so high right now. Hilary um,
2: Mantle, I think.
3: That's it, yes. And so she's written these amazing books. But so I'm reading the first one, Wolf Hall, and I just randomly uh had this on my stack to read and I happened to be reading it starting at last week during this lockdown. And the book takes place in uh, the 1500s and uh, with Henry VIII and Anne Boleyn and all those characters. And it's based pretty much on history. And what happens as I'm reading the book? They keep having to send their children out of London because a sickness, a mysterious sweating sickness descends on London, you know, in, in 1530. And they have to send the kids out. And then one summer they decide, oh, let's not send them out. And they lose. he loses his his daughters and his wife. And what you realize is that all of mankind's history is the history of pandemics back and forth. I mean, mm-hmm. this used to be all the time and people didn't know what it was. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so this is just, we just had a hundred year break from it. I'm not saying that to cheer. I don't know if that cheers people up, but this is, in a way, we got a little spoiled, I think, that we got away from this and we got away from the idea that uh, a virus can just show up and wreak havoc uh, on our lives and kill a lot of people. And then compared to lots of things like... This virus is terrible, and they think it has about a 1% mortality rate. And I think smallpox had a 30% mortality rate, which we eradicated. So there are many worse things, too. And so I don't know. I think when you read, I think the point I was trying to make to you, Nick, was that when you read a lot of history, and, and even if you've just gone and seen the play, you know, people sometimes put our founding fathers on a platform, And say, ah, the Founding Fathers, they were great. And every politician since then has been shit. But one of the things I thought was so great about the musical Hamilton is that it showed you just how touch and go the whole thing was and how many flawed characters there were. And it did it in such a beautiful way that you walked out of there thinking, oh my God, the the Founding Fathers barely had it together. Do you know what I mean? So we are where we've always been is maybe my... For a guy who can't meditate, that might be my Zen philosophy, which is um, we've always been struggling in the mud uh, to, to better ourselves and to hope that our, you know, our, our kids or our younger generation will have a, a better time than we did, uh, but, but who knows? I think that's, and, 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 and older generations have always thought that younger generations don't, you know, don't have the right values.
0: For the love of home.
2: So, not only are we all friends, and double date friends, I guess, is the best way to describe it, but um, your wife and I share our day of nativity. Isn't that, I think that's weird.
3: You think that's strange that you have the same birthday?
2: Kind of.
3: I don't, that's why I married her.
2: Because she was a lot like me?
4: Well, because... But you didn't knew, know
2: me when you met her.
4: I knew of you.
2: Okay, well then, it all makes sense. Conan and I belong
4: and in I a knew secret I- society, uh, part, yeah. part of which requires <laughs> us to marry 11, 12 women. <laughs>
3: November. <laughs> November 12th. Yeah. When I joined, I thought that was a sexy measurement. Yeah. And then I found out. <laughs> wow. She's an 11, wow. <laughs> 12.
2: That's from the knee to the calf. 11, yeah. 12.
3: Remember those days? There was a time, I think in the fifties was the 1950s. We were, if you would, if you watch a, a sitcom or a rom-com from those days they would talk about women they'd be like yeah she's a she's a 32 what is it oh yeah like t- uh
2: 34 24
3: 34 uh, yeah and one of them was like 24 36 there's a, it's on Gilligan's Island a lot they're always they are <laughs> like for example uh uh ginger will say something the professor will say something like why 15 35 62 are the exact coordinates for our position And Ginger will say, the only coordinates I know are, you know, 24, 36, 24, whatever. And that was a big joke at the time, which is knowing your measurements and guys knowing measurements. And I've always thought, uh, I just have that sort of like as a kid watching that and thinking, I guess that's something I'll know about when I'm older. And that just completely went away. I have, n- <laughs> I have never, <laughs> I've never been like, whatever. I, don't even, I yeah, don't even know what the numbers are. It's
2: bust, waist, and hips. So it would be like 34, 24, 34. So you have a, you know, an hourglass. Right, right. Like a very small hourglass, those though, because 24 measurements, is small.
4: Would those be aided by a corset? To-
2: no, not those. Of course, it would be more like if your waist were, you know, 19 or something inhuman. Like
4: Adam Scott. Like Adam
3: Scott. (laughs) (laughs) That's true.
4: He has an incredible waist.
3: No, it's amazing. I put my Uh, whole uh, hand around his waist and my thumb touched my fingertips. I could actually get all the way around. His
4: waist is like a motorcycle hand grip. Uh, It's called a wasp waist. I believe. He, uh,
3: yeah, he's, uh, and he's an incredible, just a shout out for Adam Scott. He's a lovely fellow. Oh yeah. And
2: his wife, Naomi, there are two of the, two of the other super coolio
3: couples. I got to, my family and I were skiing on a ski holiday over Christmas when we were invited to a small gathering that Greg Daniels, uh, of course, uh, office and parks and rec guy, he was throwing a party. And we went over and it really was just Greg's family, Adam and his wife, and my guy, my crew. So I got to hang out with him and he was fantastic. He was just great. Just great oh, yeah. out with him. Really funny. Oh,
2: That's our next triple date. That's going to be the yeah. next triple.
3: That'd be a nice uh, triple date. And I remember about that gathering is that Greg always likes to get creative. He doesn't want to just put out the same fare that another person would put out. He wants <laughs> to do something creative. So he said, I'm going to serve mulled wine. And so he he took a bottle, like two bottles of red wine and cooked them on a stove. And I think maybe put some cinnamon in there or something. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> served it like we were Vikings. And I didn't hate... I didn't hate it, but I also would have been <laughs> would have been fine with a glass of wine. <laughs> Just an, an
2: unmulled wine.
3: <laughs> yeah, and I don't even think that was mulled wine, what he did. I'm not sure. I think he made some kind of Viking medicine. Yeah, That's he made,
4: what he he made warmed wine. Is what he he
3: made, oh, <laughs> wait. I
2: wine. need to issue a formal r- apology on the podcast for the last time you guys came over for dinner and we ordered food from that place and it was ice cold and we for some reason didn't feel that it was necessary to warm it up and um the, it was not cool so i really feel bad it was like a and- really fancy pizza place called yeah, pizzana I- and we ordered not only pizza but everything else on the menu and it was all cold and gross and you guys stayed and pretend ate it and pretended like it was fine.
3: Well, here's the part where I have to admit that uh, the, the way I grew up, uh, (laughs) that's how we ate everything. Me too. I'm one of six kids and we were just, you know, we'd, they would, when when we would eat when we were kids, they would throw food into the room, and it was literally like dogs attacking a ham. And so, uh, so uh, I was perfectly fine. We well, were at least home-
2: apologize to Liza because yeah, we she were- probably cares. But. She may. None of us do, but she knows
4: she. Here is the thing: Liza would understand that our comportment as host and hostess oh, yeah. was shameful.
2: She's like a a <laughs> classy person. But we're just she's gross a classy broad
4: Idiots. But it's a yeah. testament to I think to the uh, the comfort of our friendship that we were having such a good time that it didn't matter. We weren't. It didn't there. matter. For the yeah. quality yeah. of the resplendent meal,
2: I just felt bad though
4: because you I know you, we look, invited I'll, you guys I'll over for dinner and it was dinner. so bad. We, we, you, you now are on the books for a, a properly crafted Offerman meal. Yeah, Nick's a good cook, and uh, and I'll try to set the record straight.
3: Yeah. yeah, that would be nice. Now I'm regretting that I didn't lose my shit when <laughs>
2: <laughs> you should have
3: that. <laughs> was I remember us having. We had a really good time and we talked I think for quite a long time and it was really great. I have fond memories of that evening, but I hate to miss an opportunity to lose my shit. You could have and said that. That would have been a great you. chance. You for could me have to-
2: You could have excused yourself from the table for too long and either pretended to have been sick or you could have pretended to have been weeping. Uh-huh. You could have done a lot of
3: things. You know what I think the way to handle it would have been? We each get our piece slice of pizza. We sit down. I bite into mine. I think right around the same second that you guys notice, it's a little cold, this pizza, but let's forge ahead. I take one bite. I remove the pizza without uh, really (laughs) chewing it. Put it down. I excuse myself when I leave the room. I'm gone for a while. And then Liza's phone rings. (laughs) And Liza says... I have to go. <laughs> and you look out and you see that I'm sitting in the passenger seat of our car. Passenger just seat. <laughs> it's running. Yeah, passenger Not seat and it's driving. running. driving. It's running, and she just says, I have to go and looks very nervous and upset and gets in the car, and I never, we never talk about it again. That's what I should have done. Because that would be so much creepier than me throwing a fit.
2: Oh, my God, that's so good. <laughs> well, speaking of you having to depart, you actually do have to uh, flee because you're working on other We're still
3: things. making... Uh, Uh, like a bunch of the hosts were making shows during this time. And so I make them from home using an iPhone or Zoom technology. And I've been doing some Zoom interviews um, with people. And uh, I'm going to uh, do one with Mr. Nick Kroll uh, of, uh, of Nick Kroll fame. The talented and uh, and beautiful. Mm -hmm. The talented and beautiful Nick Kroll. So I'll be talking to him. And uh, also, um, I think I'll just steal the audio from this. And uh, have an artist do renderings of you guys, and we'll just put that on the show as well. Okay. So, uh, and this well, will that air would bef- be nice. And ag- and against all etiquette, this will air before you get a chance to air this <laughs> uh, <laughs> as your podcast. Hey, and then it's the Wild yeah. West now. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> and your podcast is, you know. Off the charts. Well, I mean, you guys
3: have been were lovely. You were one of the first people to do it. You came in and did it, and people loved that episode. It got uh, very. It was very. It was great confessional about mm-hmm. uh, your erotic adventures. Well, and,
2: you've uh, had much more illustrious guests on the podcast since since we were.
3: Uh, I don't think that's true. We, I, we I think pri- it we, is. we chummed the <clears throat> waters. <laughs> <laughs> Um well
2: thanks for doing this Coney. Are you kidding? Yeah,
3: you're you're two of my favorite people and I really love talking to you and you have uh you just have such lovely uh spirits and such you're you're just a joy to hang out with. So this was just an opportunity to, much like my career to do what I'd be doing anyway or what I'd hope to be doing, which is hanging out with you guys. So thank well,
2: you. Well, we are nothing short of idolized in our household, so We love you. We love Liza. Um, Tell her hi.
3: If I sent you a painting of me, would you, a large one, would you hang it? Of course. No, it's really big. Not. (laughs) <laughs> we, will, we
2: do a, love it it's
3: equestrian I'm on, or, it's equestrian
2: you. <laughs> you have a riding crop are you side saddle
3: yeah i'm side saddle and I'm okay in a, that a case very, i would definitely, a very short yeah, i'm wearing yeah. a very short skirt a uh, kilt a
2: short kilt
3: Well, this was lovely. I really liked talking with you guys. Thank you for having me, and let's do it again.
2: Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. Another uh, installment of your favorite podcast, In Bed with Nick and Megan. Good night. you might call me a In Bed with Nick and Megan is an Earwolf production. It's produced by Megan Mullally, Kevin Bartelt, and Michael Landry. Executive produced by Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon. Music by Nancy and Beth, which can be found at www.nancyandbeth.com. If you enjoyed In Bed with Nick and Megan, make sure to rate it and review the show on Apple Podcasts.
3: Cheers to a great day and this ice-cold Corona. You know what would make this day even better? My grandma's carne asada. Throw in some music.
0: We can watch the game. Or we could keep it simple. Corona, la vida mas fina. Get your Corona at ordercorona.com. Relax responsibly. Corona extra beer imported by Corona port Chicago, Illinois. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley.